Let's join in reading together. Ready? Read. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you, because he trusts in you. Father God, today, thank you so much for blessing us with the opportunity we have now to spend this time in your word. I'm asking you now, Holy Spirit, to anoint me, anoint these lips of clay, anoint my eyes, anoint my ears, anoint me, my mind, my heart to hear and to see and to receive things, Father, that I have not heard already, that I have not thought already, that I have not seen already, Father. Speak to me in the moment. Speak through me to your people, O God. In the name of Jesus Christ, I pray that every heart is ready to receive that which you will speak to us today, Father. And I pray that by the anointing that is upon me and on this word, that burdens will be removed, yokes will be destroyed, and you'll be glorified today, God, in this place, that everything we do and say brings you honor and brings you glory and brings you praise. In Jesus' name we do pray. Amen, amen. and amen. All right, praise our God. Hallelujah. Praise our God, praise our God, praise our God. Hallelujah. Today we're talking about, we're, this is part three of um, the subset of that series, Mental Breakdown. We've been talking about mental wellness, yes. right? And today we're on, again, mental breakdown. We were breaking down this word mental and dealing with mental breakdowns and why and how to avoid mental breakdowns. So today we're going to focus on, this is part three, we're going to talk about uh, humanism. Humanism. Hallelujah. Now, ha have y'all noticed as you drive around town, as you look around you, uh, how many breweries we have? It's just all over. It's new breweries picking up, popping up everywhere. Have you, have you noticed at the same time how many uh, hookah bars there are? They're popping up everywhere. Have you also noticed how many uh, Kratom and Kava little shops there are? Have you noticed how many uh, marijuana dispensaries there are popping up all over the city and Throughout the nation, that throughout the nation, uh, Congress, group, you know, bodies of Congress within the states, and even now there's pressure upon our federal Congress to legalize drugs more and more. And at the same time, have you also noticed the uptick in talk of mental health? I don't know if y'all put that together. That at the same time we're seeing this acceleration of breweries. I mean, everywhere. Everywhere. At the same time we're seeing the kava and the kratom, kratom, whatever they call this junk they're putting in people's coffee and they're taking all kind of ways they can. And CBD oil and marijuana and medical marijuana and recreational marijuana and this and that and that and this and that and the other. At the very same time that we're seeing all this happening, most people have not really noticed, but it, it, it stood out to me, this incredible increase in the talk about mental health. And most people probably aren't putting that together. They're, they're, they're not marrying the two issues. But I know that they're related. <laughs> In fact, I want to put a scripture on the screen. 1 John 5.19. We saw this last Sunday. 1 John 5.19 in the uh, Passion Translation. 1 John 
Because, you know, the, the question is, with all these breweries and, you know, all the bars and the kratom and the kava and the dispensaries and the, all the things people are doing, is it that people are, are having a good time? Or, in reality, are they miserable? Trying to escape the realities of their life. See, people are selling it as if you go here and have a good time. Well, yeah, if you got to go and take something to have a good time, that means there's something wrong with you naturally. Oh, y'all not saying that. <laughs> if you got to go, if you got to go somewhere for a happy hour, well, what's, what's up with the rest of the hours? See, if, if people aren't putting that together, then they think, well, this is just how people just go and just have a good time to relax. Relax from what? Huh? I got to relax. Why? Oh, because I'm stressed out. Why? You're on the verge of a mental breakdown. See, because it's, it's, no, it's no coincidence to me that while we see all these things popping up, while we see all these things increasing, yet everywhere you look on the, on the news, everywhere you look in sports, everywhere you look in, in, in arts and entertainment, everywhere you look on the media, everywhere you look in commercials, you see things about mental wellness, yes, yes. mental health, and people are breaking down. Why? Because people are miserable. And they're under the influence of the enemy. In 1 John 5, 19, in the uh, Passion Translation, here's what it says. It says, we know that we are God's children and that the whole world, now we are God's children. I only saw three hands. We are God's children. I'm just trying to check. Okay, because if you're not a we are, then you are they are. You had it right, girl. They are. We know that we are God's children and that the whole world, or they are, they lie under the misery and influence, come on, of the evil one. So if you're not God's children, well, are we all God's children? No. Well, that's what I heard. We all God's children. No, we're not. No, we are not all God's children. Well, prove it. John 8, Jesus says, you are of your father, the devil. Jesus said to a group of people, you are of your father, the devil. That's what Jesus said. You are of your father, the devil. So God's not all of our, all of our father. We're not all God's children. We may all be God's creation, but we are not all God's children. But those of us who are God's children... We are not under the misery and influence of the, of the evil one. But those who are not God's children, they are, according to the scriptures, under the misery and influence of the evil one. So when they're running to happy hour, when they're going and taking more kratom and more kava and more marijuana and more CBD oil on everything and more drinking and more happy hour and more whatever they got to do to try to find their happiness is because they're trying to escape that misery and that influence of the evil one. Only problem is they're getting that they're trying to find their relief from the evil one. And Satan cannot cast out Satan. So the more they indulge 
worlds under his influence, the more miserable they become. To the point that before you know it, now they're breaking down. Y'all follow me on this today. Glory to God. There's no coincidence that we have this going on here. Here's the truth. If, if Satan had his way, he'd make everybody lose their mind. Because that's his goal, is to have you not in your right mind. In, in Mark 5, look up, put, up, put up Mark 5, 1 and 2 in the Passion Translation. Watch this. Mark 5, chapter 1, verse 2 in the Passion Translation. It says, they arrived, this is Jesus and the disciples, they arrived at the other side of the lake at the region of uh, Gerasenes. Your, your Bible will call it the Gadarenes. Okay, verse 2. Verse 2. As Jesus stepped ashore, a demon-possessed madman came out of the graveyard in front of him. I want you to see that phrase. Demon-possessed madman. Why was, the, why was the man mad? Because somebody got on his nerves? No, he's demon-possessed. He's a demon-possessed madman. He's what we would call crazy or insane. He's lost it mentally. Why? Because he's demon-possessed. Now remember now what I'm, the point I'm making to you. The whole world is under the, the misery and influence of the evil one. So the more people stay under the devil's influence, the mad, the more mad they become. That word mad is not talking about being angry. It's talking about losing your mind. Y'all gonna catch it with me? Y'all still mad by the offer message? Get over the offer message. Keep your tithe. Keep it. It's yours. Keep it. Just keep it. You made it yours. You keep it. Live on it. Do the best you can with it. God doesn't need it. The church, we don't need it. I don't need it. I'm not, I'm, not trying to, I'm not trying to get anything from you. I'm trying to teach you how to prosper. Yes, so go and get over your little angry self with your little broke self being angry and you broke. Okay? So let's get out of that and let's look at this here. When people are losing their sanity, it's because they have opened themselves up to demonic influence, and when you open yourself up to, to demonic influence, he's not coming just to influence. Well, thank you, Holy Spirit. In the book of Matthew, chapter 13, the Bible talks about how a woman took uh, three measures of meal and hid them, and, and, or took, took some, uh, 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 what do we call it, yeast, leaven, and hid it, hid it in three measures of meal until it was all leavened. Now, what happens? Those of you who bake, you know you put yeast, or what do they call it? Uh, yeast, is that what yeast self-rising them? And you put it in that in whatever, and it's going to have an influence. But it's not going to stop until it takes over. That's why the Bible says a little leaven leavens the whole. Come on, come on now. A little leaven leavens the whole lot. You let a little bit of evil get in there. You let a little, a little bit of influence get in there. You let, let a, little, a little bit of uh, messed up stuff get in there, and you let it stay. It's going to take over the whole thing. That's why the Bible says, give no place to the devil. Give him no room. Don't give him any time. Don't give him any space. Don't, don't entertain him one bit, because if you entertain the devil, he's going to enter in and hold you until you end up being a madman. snatch your mind. The Bible says, be sober. 
Be vigilant for your adversary, the devil, goes about as a roaring lion, seeking whom he may devour. First instruction was be sober. Sober literally means be in your right mind. So he's going to come in with a little bit of leaven, a little, little bit of something, a little bit of entertainment to get into your mind. And when you, when you entertain his thoughts, entertain his ideas, entertain his images, you open yourself now from being an, a person under his influence to a person now demon-possessed, yes, madman. Yes. All right? Okay. So our other option is this. Keeping our minds stayed on Jesus. Remember Isaiah 26.3, that's our financial scripture we've been on for the last four weeks now. Thou will keep him, you will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. So the key to keeping myself in perfect peace, now this peace is more than just peace of mind here. This peace is total prosperity. Peace on the inside, peace on the outside. There's peace everywhere. It's, I mean, everything's good. But the key to that is keeping my mind stayed on Jesus, stayed on God the Father. Y'all see this here. So I, I can't afford... I can't afford to think about and meditate on other things. Because I'm trying to keep my mind. Now listen, there's a lot in this world right now that the devil is bringing to try to get you to lose your mind. You don't have to raise your hand, but how many of y'all have even felt like in the last year or so, and you felt like, boy, I'm... Like, what's going on? And you're a Christian. You're a child of God. You have something to fall back on. In the world, they have nothing. In the world, they got to go and put a fence on the skyway. But I got news for them. Because a person mad enough... They'll jump off the shallow end of it, off the low end of that thing with the bricks tied to their feet. Somebody, they threaten violence. We don't want them to hurt themselves. We're going to bake right them. We're going to take all their weapons. You know, when Judas killed himself, he didn't use no gun. You follow what I'm saying to you? That's the devil's goal, is to get you to lose it. Somebody say, I'm not going to lose it. I'm going to stay in my right mind. Because I'm going to keep my mind stayed on Jesus. All right, now, let me, 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 let me uh, do this review here. We're doing this mental breakdown. Now, I showed you last, the last two weeks. I didn't mean for it to be two weeks. I meant, I meant to be done with this whole thing two weeks ago. But in this mental breakdown, the first word in mental is what? Me. Me. Now that's, I told you, that's the root of the problem. And, and if you're dealing with mental issues, remember when I say mental issues, I don't want you to think you're crazy. Okay, but you're in your head. A lot of people walk around with mental issues. They're not in mental institutions. They're not on any kind of, uh, what's that stuff they did? Yeah, antipsychotics. You, you still going to work every day. You are functioning basket case. 
You know, there are functioning alcoholics and there are functioning addicts. There are people that's functioning. They still go to work. But just if one more thing happened, So the first word in mental is me. And I told you that's the root of the problem, right? So really what I was teaching you is uh, you have to get over yourself. Help me, I'll tell you, neighbor, you got to get over yourself. Because I dealt with, with some things here. Remember 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 and 2, the mark of the perilous times. It said, the verse 2, men will be lovers of themselves. Lovers of themselves. So I dealt with last week narcissism. Remember that? Now, let, me, let me put a, de- a definition up there for you of narcissism. Uh, you don't have time to write it down. You don't have time to write it down. Okay? When you get home, you watch this message again, you can write it down. Because I'm, I'm in a hurry. So narcissism is defined as, as, as excessive preoccupation with or admiration of oneself. Inflated sense of their own importance. And watch this last part. A deep need for excessive attention and admiration. Do you know anybody like that? If you don't know anybody like that, people looking at you. So I suggest you raise your hand. Yeah, I know somebody like that because it's not me. Okay, so one issue was narcissism. The next issue I dealt with last week was pessimism. Pessimism. What's pessimism? It's a tendency to stress the negative or unfavorable or take the gloomiest possible view. The gloomiest possible, possible view. It's going to be a good day. Well, boy, it's a brand new year. Happy New Year. Boy, I don't know, boy. 2020 was a... Then 2020.1 this year. Next year is going to be 2020 part two. They're going to call it 2022. It's really 2020 part two. I don't think, oh, God's got a great plans for your life. Why do you think I have the praise team for the last year singing, I'm expecting great things. I'm expecting great things. All right, that's good. And, and, because y'all would have kept going. I have to tell you, I have to stop y'all. Why? It's to, it's to build this expectation inside us, inside of us that we're, okay, we're not pessimistic. Well, you, did you see the news? Don't, don't go by that. Whatever the news says already happened. They're not predicting, they're just reporting what already happened. It don't matter to me what, what already happened, I'm talking about what I'm expecting. expecting great things. Well, did you hear about what they say is going to come down next week? I don't care what they say is going to come down. I don't get my report from them. I get my report from him. See? Glory to God. So, I don't have the gloomiest possible view. I gave you the scripture last week, Proverbs 15, 15, in the Living Bible. It says, when a man is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. When a man is gloomy, everything seems to go wrong. When he is cheerful, everything seems right. So you know you can choose to be cheerful. Tell your neighbor, choose to be cheerful. 
In other words, I'm going to just say this. If you blew me, do not come around me. humanistic, anything like that, but I'm going to tell you, even the world, people have this thing about positive energy. Y'all ever heard people in the world say that? Oh, I like this person because they have positive energy. And, you know, we don't think like they think, but I understand what they're trying to say. You and I should always have positive energy. Greater is he that is in us than he that is in the world. We should always have positive energy. Glory to God. So I'm not gloomy, I'm cheerful. And when I'm cheerful, everything seems right. Say that, it's going to work out. I don't care what it is. It's going to work out. I want you to find somebody else and just encourage them right now. Tell somebody, it's going to work out. I don't know what you're going through, but it's going to work out. I want you to find one more person. Tell them, I don't know what you're going through, but it's all going to work out. See, that's why we got to come together for that. See, when you're at home, you don't have anybody to do that. I got to come around with people of like precious faith in the household of faith to hear it's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. God, it's all going to work out. Matter of fact, God's already worked it out. You just got to walk through it. God's already worked it out. Man, God's already worked it out for us. That's why we can still sleep at night. God's already working out. Okay, I gave this last one on, on, in, on the me, which was perfectionism. Now, last week, I gave you this, this description, but I wanted you to, to see something here that I got also from psychology today. Listen to this. It says, perfectionism is a trait that makes life an endless report card on accomplishments or, or looks. <laughs> When healthy, it can be self-motivating and drive you to overcome adversity and achieve success when it's healthy. But how many of you know the devil not going to let it stay healthy? Now, perfectionism is good when it's healthy. In other words, when you go and you in football practice or basketball practice and we keep messing the play up and the coach says, no, let's do it again until we get it right. Okay, that's healthy. Let's, let's do it again until we get it right. When you're practicing a song, okay, we're going we're gonna to do it till we get that note right. We're going oh, oh, to get it right. Find the note. <laughs> it's there. You just got to find it. So the devil's not going to let you be satisfied at healthy perfectionism. He's going to keep pushing you. Because when unhealthy... It can be a fast and enduring track to unhappiness. So there's, a, there's an unhealthy, and most times people, people pass right over healthy into unhealthy perfectionism. Okay? And I told you perfectionists break down because they rely on their own abilities and not the grace of God. All right. Okay. Let's move on. Let's get off you. The second word in mental is men. Matter of fact, 
I, you know, I like to play with words. The only words I can make are me and men. Meant is not a word. Well, that's, no, I don't mean the word scramble. I'm not talking about scrambling the word. I mean the word is right there. Sure, I can find lame and tame and team and till and late. I can find a lot of words in there. I mean, we can, we can do this all day long. I mean, I'm, I'm a word master. I mean, I can, I can, I can find a couple hundred words. I I'm talking about words. You can really just look straight up without scrambling anything, okay? So the problem is either me or it's men. And when I say men, ladies, I'm not talking about the opposite gender. I'm talking about mankind. Okay? Now, the problem with me in the first breakdown was that it's dangerous to trust in or exalt ourselves. You found it out. To exalt yourself, narcissism, and trust yourself, that's all the perfectionism, all those things like that, is dangerous. But I'll show you, it's just as dangerous to trust in or exalt men. In the scriptures, in Psalm 118, verse 8, in Psalm 118, verse 8, it says this, it is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Why, why is it better? Because man is going to fail you. Yes. Has anybody ever had man fail them? Yes. <laughs> don't y'all don't, don't be mad at men. It's my men. I'm talking about man. Man. Mankind. Humans. I'm sure we've all had a, a man let us down in some way. But I'm talking about mankind. Now this verse is said to be the middle verse of the whole Bible. The Bible has 31,102 verses. This verse is said to be the middle verse of the whole Bible. So smack dab in the middle of the whole Bible, here's the message we get. It is better to trust in the Lord than to put confidence in man. Why? Because men will let you down. The heart of men, the Bible says, there we go. We had a conversation the other night. And, uh, and uh, men, men will let you down. Now, the Lord is unchanging. And the Lord loves unconditionally. He loves beyond our worth. More than we deserve. But men, mankind, generally they don't operate like that. Generally mankind has stipulations and conditions, qualifications. You got to earn my love. Earn my respect and all that kind of stuff. But we didn't have to, we didn't have to earn anything with, with God. We just, we just came to him freely and he received us. But man's not like that. So what happens with men 
is you have to constantly qualify and requalify with men. Constantly prove yourself. And it's impossible to please everybody all the time. In fact, when you try to please one group of people, generally you're going to make another group mad. Right? These are facts. No cap, right? That's, you're going you're gonna, to you're gonna make one group of people upset with you when you're working on pleasing somebody else. But people will always pull on you to try to make them happy. To satisfy something in them. And if you're the kind of person who's given to that, you'll make everybody happy except you. I'm going to get in that men pleasers here. Maybe next week. Men pleasers. I'll deal with that. Look at Psalm 146, please, verse 3 and 4. He says this. The psalmist says, do not put your trust in princes. Government. (laughs) Nor in a son of man in whom there is what? No help. Verse 4. His spirit departs. He returns to his earth. In that very day his plans perish. So, before you put your trust in men, realize they're going to leave here. When the Spirit departs, he, go, he dies, he returns to the earth, and that very day his plans are gone. They're, they're, they're useless. And here you are, you banked all your life on what somebody's going to do for you. Put all your hopes and dreams on temporary things, on temporary men. Do you know that sometimes people, they don't have to, as Isaiah says there, his spirit departs, he returns to the earth. That's talking about death. But sometimes, I just showed you, your heart can depart, and they still land next to you. Okay? So, now, in, in, if you got a new King James Bible, when it says, do not put your trust in princes, verse 3, nor in a son of man, right above that A in a son of man, there should be a letter A. Something, is there a letter, letter there? And your Bible should tell you down in your reference, a human being. So when it's talking about son of man, it's talking about don't put your trust in human beings. Y'all got this here. Now I'm talking today about the number two issue or the, or the big, a big issue, second part of the issue is humanism. Talked about pessimism and perfectionism and narcissism. But we're looking at today humanism. Why people are breaking down. Humanism. Now what is humanism? Let Let me define this for you. It's a belief in the value, freedom, and independence of human beings. This is big here. It's a a belief in the value, freedom, value meaning what men are worth, 
freedom, that men are free, when it says freedom and independence, freedom and independence from any intervention by an outside source or force. So this freedom and independence is talking about we don't need God. Um, I think it's Psalm 14, one, I'm not sure. Psalm 14, one or Proverbs 14, one, something 14, one somewhere. It says, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Psalm 14, one. Yeah, the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. They are corrupt. They have done abominable works. There is none who does good. The fool says in his heart, there is no God. This is what humanism is all about. It's, we don't need God. Okay, now let me go back to this humanism definition here. Y'all awake still? A belief in the value, freedom, and independence. It's not talking about us being independent from each other. Like we're independent from Great Britain. This is talking about independent from God. Humanism emphasizes reason and science over scripture, scripture, religious texts. Now what's the big word we're hearing all the way since March 2020? Follow the science. science. We believe this. there's, There's in my neighborhood, there's people have yard signs in their yard all over the place. In this house, we believe in science. And I see, I walk by and say, that's just too bad. We believe in science. Well, I believe in science too. I, I believe in science. I believe if I jump off a roof, I'm going down. I believe that. I'm going down just as sure as I'm 50. Soaring eagles. I'm not going to take off and start flying. Going down, right? I believe that. But what the, what the, the implication is to us is to believe science over God. And what's happening is in the church, in the church, all across the world, especially in the grand old U.S. of A., is churches have been shut down and refused to open because they say we follow the science. Now, they've been preaching for like the last 120 years about we walk by faith and not by sight, and we come as far by faith, and God is a healer, and God is a keeper, and God is a deliverer. But when the science says, wait a minute, you can't get together, oh, wait a minute, we got to believe the science. And they've, they've come down into humanism. Yes, I'll show you something here. So they emphasize reason. Reason. This is critical thinking stuff. And science over scripture. Religious texts. And tradition. And believes that human beings are flawed but capable of improvement. Which means we can self-help. Self-heal. I saw a sign about that the other day. Self-heal. Self, self-help. It's all the self-help books and self-improvement books that are out there. Yet the Bible says it is he that has made us and not we ourselves. We are as people in the sheep of his pasture. 
Right, something's wrong. See, and we got to be careful that in the church, we don't start going with what they say and leave what he said. Because if you go what they say, you're going to, before you know it, you're going to break down. See, the science told us first, social distance, six feet. In Europe, it was only three feet. So tell me the science behind that. Because science is science. I know if I jump off a roof in Europe and jump off a, off a roof in Africa, jump off a roof in North America, I'm going down. That's science. But somehow science tells me three feet over here, six feet over here, that ain't science. Then put on the mask because the mask going to help you. Well, you need to tell people who make the mask that because they keep printing on the box. They keep printing on the box. These masks is not prevented. You gotta, y'all got to tell them the science because they keep printing on the box that, that it doesn't. <laughs> so that's not, this can't be science. Then they say, well, we get you vaccinated you're going to be good. Now they tell us, well, wait, wait, wait. Okay, wait, 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 wait. See, so, so something's wrong with the science. Now, I'm, again, I'm not against science. My wife is a scientist. Was. Still is. She knows all that stuff. She knows all that stuff. But the point, the point being is, they say we're flawed, but we're capable of improvement, which means we can fix ourselves and we can fix all of our issues. That's why, that's why we have to fix global warming. You gonna, you gonna fix global warming? Really? I can tell you why the, why the globe is warming. Because the Bible says hell is enlarging itself every day. Hell is in the earth. So since hell is getting bigger, it's getting hotter. It's getting hot in here. That's right, it is getting hotter. And it's going to keep getting hotter. That's a warning to you. You complain about, about being hot so much, stop sinning. Ain't nobody stop sinning, they complaining about it being too hot. Oh, we got a heat wave, and you still sinning. You still sinning. People scared of COVID, but they ain't scared of hell. Something wrong with that. People go to college and they take humanities. I looked it up. I said, because these, these words sound the same. And I found that humanities, they are designed to encourage or, or stoke you in humanism. That's exactly what they do. Arts and literature and philosophy, all those things, is to get you into humanism. So that's why parents, when you send your children off to college, even if they're going right here to local Fifth Avenue U, you tell them, listen, when you take them humanities classes, you come back and run that, that mess by me. Talk to me about that. What, what, what they teach you today? Yeah, take a foreign language. Take Spanish. Take French. Take something. Are you taking these philosophy classes? 
Because philosophy is going to get you in trouble. I'll show you that in scripture. Y'all give me a few more minutes here. See, so humanism has always been around. From, from the Garden of Eden. When Satan came to Eve and he said, Eve, what did he say the Lord said about that tree? Oh, the Lord said, uh, don't, don't touch it, you know, because if we touch it, we're going to die. First of all, God never said that, Eve. That's not what God said. God said, if you eat it, you're going to die. You're supposed to touch it because your job is to keep it. And he said, you're, the devil said, you're not going to surely die. He said, God knows the day you eat of it, you're going to become like him. All of a sudden, the Bible says she saw the tree was good for food, good to look at, and good to, become, to make herself wise. Oh, she saw, oh, I can be something. She didn't know she, she was already something. She didn't know she was already made in God's image and God's likeness. But she all of a sudden tricked by the enemy into this humanist mindset that she can be something and that humanism got them kicked up out of the garden. So humanism will kick you out of Eden, out of luxury, out of pleasure, out of delight where you now have to go eat by the sweat of your brow. You got to do it yourself. Everything, do it yourself. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. Do it yourself. See? And that's what happened. We saw it come to a head, though, in the 11th chapter of Genesis. When you have in this area called Shinar, where Nimrod, you remember Nimrod? I don't care if you study African religion, they're going to always take you back to Nimrod. They're going to go back to this man, Nimrod, who was a very wise man. And he, yeah, you hear about it in the Masons, Nimrod. See? Nimrod was the ultimate humanist. He's one that let, let the charge of all the people, hey, let us build a tower to heaven. Let us build this place so we will not be scattered all across the earth. Let us be together. Now, wait a minute. By the time you get to Genesis chapter, Genesis chapter 11, people are already worshiping God. Enoch's already been around. Enoch walked so, so with God that God just took him. He just, just got raptured up, boom, never died. But people all of a sudden got this humanist idea. We're gonna, we're gonna be, we're gonna be our own bosses. We don't need God for anything. So humanism has always been around, y'all. Now the more people get educated, now I'm not against education either. But the more people get educated, the 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 problem is the, the design of the modern education system. The, the purpose and the intent of the modern education system is to educate God out of you and you out of God. So let's look at a warning here. 1 Timothy 6, verse 20 21. Lord, have mercy. I need to get way past here. 1 Timothy 6, verse 20 and 21. In the New King James here. Let's look at there. It's the science. It's the knowledge. Oh, Timothy. This is from Paul. Oh, Timothy, guard what was committed to your trust. Guard it. Avoiding the profane and idle babblings and contradictions of what is falsely called knowledge. What's falsely called knowledge. I'm going to show you something else here in a moment. Give me verse 21. By professing it, some have strayed concerning the faith. By professing what is falsely being called knowledge, people stray from the faith. 
Now let's look at that same scripture, same passage there, those two verses in the King James. In the King James, because I want you to see something here. Oh boy. Oh, Timothy, keep that which is committed to thy trust, avoiding profane and vain babblings and oppositions of what? Science, science falsely so called. So we can really say what's falsely called science. So people have let science and knowledge, either way you look at it, they've let human wisdom, human understanding come in and trump what God said. Y'all don't look at me like that. Verse 21 in the King James, which some professing have error concerning the faith. So when you start following the science, and this is what, what, is what they got the church folk doing and preaching, quoting, following the science. It's not science, ladies and gentlemen. It's falsely called. Okay, that didn't help you. Give me that same passage in the Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. Amplified Classic. Oh, Timothy, guard and keep the deposit entrusted to you. That's deposit is the word of God on the side. Turn away from the irreverent babble and godless chatter with the vain and empty and worldly phrases. See the phrases they got us saying, or not us, got them saying out there? Phrases they have people in the church saying? And the subtleties and the contradictions in what is falsely called knowledge and being woke. Now everybody want to be woke. Church folk, they all of a sudden woke now. People who don't go to church, they spiritual. Now we woke. We got the third eye. Third eye. Well, two bad because all three of them blind as a bat. Still can't see a thing. You're groping in darkness because you're being fooled by what they call knowledge and science and spiritual illumination. This is the Illuminati wokeness. People being woke. Got some new, newfangled revelation. That's why Paul says, hey, don't go with that stuff. Go with what already been committed to you. You better go with what you already have. You better go with what's already in the scripture because that, that scripture don't lie. Heaven and earth will pass away, but not one jot or tittle from my word will ever pass away. I like my good friend, her, uh, no, I watch him, Herman Murray say, everything going down but the word of God. Tell your name, everything's going down but the word of God. CNN's going down, Fox is going down, the WHO is going down, CDC is going down, the school system's going down, the government's going down, everything's going down but the word of God. So don't go with that, stick with this. When you go with that, you've teetered over into humanism, and humanism is going to suck you away from the faith, and the just shall live by faith. So now when you got out of faith, you can't live. All of a sudden, you start losing it because you, you, I'm trying to keep up. Let me, let me, let me help you. Let me, let me make it make it simple because some of y'all mad about the, about the corona thing. <laughs> Remember when they told us eggs all of a sudden weren't good for you? Yeah. 
Science. Eggs. Not good for you. Too much cholesterol. Now all of a sudden, you need eggs. Science. Don't have no carbs because you make yourself sick. You're gonna be fat and you're gonna high blood pressure, high all that. No carbs. Now all of a sudden, well, you gotta have a certain amount of carbs because you know your brain is that's science for you. They'll have you going crazy on to keep up. Yogurt or no yogurt? Dairy or no dairy? Fish or no fish? Oh my gosh, should I be vegan? I be now you got you got a mad scientist. This guy ain't even a scientist. He's a computer geek. Bill Gates trying to get us now to, to, to eat fake beef. We need to get rid of we need to get rid of all the cows because the cows pass gas and they're contributing to the global warming effect and all this kind of stuff. So we got to get rid of the beef and so no more real hamburgers, no more real steaks. You got to go eat tofu and all that kind of man. You crazy? Take your science self and dig yourself in your hole and just go on, go on, just go on die. Then I'm going to have me a burger. <laughs> Let the cows fart all they want to. I don't care about no cows farting. I don't care about no cows farting. I don't understand <laughs> because the cows are farting too much. I don't get it, man. You might have held on to your wife if you're taking your wife to get a good burger from Culver's or something. Five guys. You, you might have, she might have stayed with you. So I got to watch out for what's falsely called knowledge and spiritual illumination. Because my point is with all that, you can't keep up. You'll drive yourself crazy trying to keep up with all the science. Because it's constantly changing. But forever, oh Lord, your word is settled in heaven. Stay on that. Take that, but stay on the word. Okay, now, watch out for, for philosophy. Watch this, Colossians 2 verse 8. Let me, let me speed this up because I got to finish. It's already after one o'clock, Lord of Jesus. But y'all all right. Amen. Colossians 2 verse 8. Ooh, we. Uh, Beware lest anyone cheat you through philosophy and empty deceit according to, to the tradition of men, according to the basic principles of the world, not according to the Christ. To Christ. Now, I'm a, I'm a, let's change it to the, to the living Bible uh, and we're going to see if we can read it a little easier, okay? Don't let others spoil your Faith and joy with their what? So when you listen to philosophies, men's ideas, men's wisdom is coming to spoil, ruin, take away your faith and joy. What happens if your faith is gone? You can't live. If your joy is gone, you enter into depression, mental breakdown. So people don't understand that when they're listening to all this stuff from the world, it's not, 
It's not to educate you. It's to use it to snatch your faith and your joy. See, you may not know what the devil's doing, but he knows what he's doing. That's what the Bible tells us to be, to don't be ignorant of Satan's devices. That's, that's why, that's why, I'm going to just say this. That's why you got a pastor. You have a pastor because the pastor's going to keep, if you got a Holy Ghost filled word pastor, he's going to keep reminding you of the word of God and not let you get all discombobulated by the world and what they're saying and all that stuff. Oh, I'm, I'm so confused. I'm so confused. I'm so confused. Confusion is part of the curse, Deuteronomy 28. Confusion is in Deuteronomy 28 as part of the curse. You are not supposed to be part of the curse and have confusion in your life. That's why God gives you a shepherd. To keep feeding you with the word of God. And I may take longer than the usual bear, than the average bear, but I'm going to keep giving you the word of God. Yeah, these are unprecedented times, uncertain times. So we need, we need some word. So don't let others spoil your faith and joy with their what? With their what? Also their wrong. Wait, wait. They're wrong. Wrong. Wrong is the opposite of right. Psalm, Psalm 33 verse 4, I believe, says, your, Lord, your word is right. all God's words are right. The word of the Lord is right. And all his work is done in truth. God's word is right. So when they come, it's wrong. Tell your neighbor it's wrong. Oh, put it back up there, please. Colossians 2 verse 8 in the, in the, in the living Bible. Jesus, help me, Holy Ghost. Oh my goodness. So don't let anybody spoil, you, spoil your faith and your joy with their Philosophies, they're wrong and shallow answers built on men's thoughts and ideas instead of what Christ has said. Don't come tell me what so-and-so said. What did Jesus say? What does the word say? What did the father say? I don't want to hear nothing about what report came out. Tell me what he said. When they came here reporting here in 2017, I remember that. They said, Hurricane Irma, it's going to come through. It's going to wipe out all of Tampa Bay region. It's gonna, we, we didn't know about that. I don't care what y'all said. We're going to stand on what God's word said. God said, we can speak to the wind and the waves. And they got to get on out of here. And we stood on what God's word said. I'm still here. Okay, let me keep going here. I got a couple more to give you here. Now, man's wisdom comes from Satan. All this stuff we just read here, uh, philosophies, wrong and shallow answers, men's thoughts and ideas, they come from Satan. In James chapter uh, 3, verse 15. James 3, verse 15. In fact, go to verse 14. Let's, let's pull up verse 14, just for context sake here. But if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast a lie against the truth. Do not boast a lie against the truth. Do not boast a lie against the truth. So people are doing in the world and through all the 
media reports is they're self-seeking because somebody's making money on all this. Somebody is getting richer and richer by the day on all this. Tell me what, where the money resides. Because the money resides somewhere. Somebody where the money resides right there. Because somebody's getting richer and richer off all these, every single thing they do. Like now they're talking about trying to push in a few years for all the cars to now go, go electric cars. We got to get rid of all the gas uh, operated, fuel operated cars. Who's behind that? Well, it's better, it's better for, the, for, the, for the earth and we take care of the earth. Really? Tell me how you produce electricity. You still got to use this gas to make the electricity, dodo. But people get tricked. Oh, yeah, that's a good idea. That's a good idea. That's a good idea. Who's going to make the money off it? Tell me that. Who's going to make the money? See, it's self-seeking. It's self-seeking. It's self-seeking. Now, watch what it says. Because it's against the truth. Verse 15. Where it come from? This wisdom does not descend from above, but is what? Earthly, sensual, and and what? And what else? Demonic. Remember the man in Mark chapter 1, 5 verse 1 and 2. He was a demonically possessed madman. Somehow that man opened himself up to demonic ideas, demonic ideas, demonic thoughts, demonic entertainment, and before you know it, he's now possessed. So the devil is is rushing out through mass media, mass communication. He's rushing out all his wisdom out there. And it's earthly? Sensual. Sensual means fleshly. So the flesh... It, it appeals to the senses. It only makes sense. It, it, it only um, can reason by the senses. No faith involved in it whatsoever. And last part is the worst part of it all. Demonic. Now if that won't snatch your joy and your faith, I don't know what will. If that won't make a person lose their mind. Everybody say Humanism. So human philosophy kills all faith and joy. The wisdom comes from Satan. Look at this next one, Matthew 16. I'm almost done, y'all. At least for today. So I still haven't gotten into men pleasers. Boy, that's a big one right there. Matthew 16, 21 through 23. Show you what humanism is doing. From that time, Jesus began to show to his disciples that he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things from the elders and chief priests and scribes and be killed and be raised the third day. So he's telling the disciples, here's what's going to happen, guys. All right? Verse 22. Then Peter, Peter, took him aside and began to rebuke him. Now, this is Peter. Peter got beside himself, hadn't he? He rebuked Jesus saying, far be it from you, Lord, this shall not happen to you. Now watch the next verse. But he, Jesus, turned and said to Peter, Get behind me, Satan! He said to who? Peter. Get behind me, Satan. 
Now, boy, when Jesus called you Satan, Because your Bible says he said, it didn't say, but he said to the spirit, he said, it said to Peter. I don't take the Bible just as, as what it says. He said to Peter, get behind me, Satan. Now, he's not really denoting that Peter is Satan. Satan. What he's saying is you're under Satan's influence right now. Now, Peter was his boy. This is boy. This is, this is his, this chief of staff right here. This is right-hand man. This is, this is number one, Ace Boone Coon, Peter. And he said, bro, you tripping. Because you got the devil operating in you right now. Now watch what he says. He says, Peter, you are an offense to me, for you are not mindful, here it is, of the things of God, things of men. Oh, here's a problem. Peter, right now, what's on your mind, what, what your mind is full of, is not God's things, but men's things. That's what humanism is all about. It's again, it's where we're not mindful of God. And that's why the devil sends so much stuff at one time, like a, I mean, like a tsunami of information. See, they, they, they keep saying, you know, we are giving misinformation. That's why they keep taking down all the videos about vaccines and the videos about masks and the videos about da 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 Because they keep saying, we're giving misinformation. And the truth is, you're giving misinformation. But because you control the outlets, you can say who's misinforming. And Satan is right now controlling Peter. He's put thoughts in Peter of men's things. This is what Jesus says. You're not mindful of the things of God. You're mindful of the things of men. All right, let's look at the same passage here in the, the uh, Good News Translation. Because I'll say this here so we can, we can get up out of here. From that time on, Jesus began to say plainly to his disciples, I must go to Jerusalem and suffer much from the elders, the chief priests, and the teachers of the law. I will be put to death, but three days later, I'll be raised to life. Keep going, please. Peter took him aside and began to rebuke him. God forbid it, Lord, he said. That must never happen to you. Verse 23, watching the good, good news. Jesus turned around and said to Peter, get away from me, Satan. You, here it is, are an obstacle in my way. Because these thoughts of yours don't come from God, but from human nature or humanism. So what I want you to note here and why I went to this translation is because humanism is an obstacle to God's plans, to God's agenda, to God's will. Humanism opposes it. So if you're, if you're stuck in humanist thoughts, human ideas, philosophy, it blocks God's ability to function in your life. Remember now, thou will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you. So if my mind is stayed on him, my mind is now on things of men, it blocks God's ability to keep me in perfect peace. Did you catch that? He can't keep me. We say, he's a keeper. Yes, he is, if you want to be kept. 
He'll keep you if you want to be kept. But if you get your mind full of human things, he can't keep you. All right. Romans 8, 6. I'm about to close this right here. I'm getting ready to close. I'm just talking to you about humanism. Romans 8, 6. For to be carnally minded is death, but to be what? Is what? So carnally minded, fleshly minded, human minded brings about death. So you know it's gonna, it'll take your mind if it'll kill you. But to be spiritually minded is what? Life and peace. So humanism does not afford you life and peace. Humanism is going to get you, uh, it, humanism, it'll kill you early. Glory to God. Well, I take supplements. Well, great. Wonderful. Wonderful. Supplements are not life-sustaining. I heard the norm doctor say, say this. Supplements are supposed to be temporary. Nobody should be on supplements their whole life. If you are, you're still not eating right. Supplements are only there to supplement what you're not getting from your food at the present. But change your eating and you'll get everything you need out of your, out of your food. See, when people get these ideas, their own life-sustaining ideas, they're being carnally minded. And it's gonna, it, you're going to die anyway. Y'all got mad when I said, you're going to die anyway. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. John 6, 63. Here it is. Jesus said, said this, it is the spirit who gives life. The flesh, the flesh profits nothing. The words that I speak to you, they are spirit or are spirit and they are life. Okay, now let's go to one last place here for the day. 2 Timothy 3, 2 Timothy 3. Remember we read verse 1, put verse 1 and 2 on the screen for me, please. 2 Timothy 3, verse 1 and 2. Hallelujah. Have y'all learned anything so far today? Yes. I, I'm sorry, I didn't see you. Y'all learned anything so far today? Yes. Oh, good. I had my head down. 2 Timothy 3. But know this, in the last days, perilous times will come. So that whole, uh, yeah, thank you. You can, you can go change it, please. Lovers of themselves, lovers of money, so on and so forth. But go back to verse 1 here. Verse 1, because this whole chapter is a description of the last days. Now I want you to go down to verse 13 and see what else happens in the last days. But evil men and imposters. In the King James, it used the word seducers, evil men and seducers. What do seducers do? Seducers lure you, they seduce you, they entice you out through cunning craftiness, through saying just enough of the right thing to pull you out. That's what's happening in the church. The devil sent false apostles, false preachers, false prophets, false pastors, false teachers into the church. And they're saying just enough of the right thing to get a crowd. And now the crowd is following them. And they're not teaching from the Bible. They're telling you what they think the Bible says, not what the Bible actually says. Now people are stuck. But more so, I want you to see this is, this is in the world. 
Because it says evil men. Evil men. This is, this is not just the sinner. An evil or wicked man has made a covenant with death and hell. They're actually in agreement with Satan to do this. But evil men and apostles will grow worse and worse. Notice what it says here. Deceiving and being deceived. Is that happening right now? How are they deceiving? Through philosophy. Through falsely called science. What's falsely called knowledge. Verse 14. Keep going. But you. This is it for us here. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and been assured of, if you want to keep your sanity, knowing from whom you have learned them. Keep going, verse 15. And that from childhood you have known what? How many of y'all know your Bible? You know your Bible here. Which are able to make you wise for salvation through faith which is in Christ Jesus. Keep going, please. All Scripture... is given by King James. Oh, who, what, no? By inspiration of God. God gave the scriptures. All scriptures given by inspiration of God. God breathed the scriptures out. Some people come try to tell you, well, the Bible, it's not applicable for today because, you know, these, those are old times and we have new times and things are different now and, you know, you know people are different. Doesn't matter. Because Revelation tells me what's still going to happen. The book of Daniel tells me what's still going to happen. So all scriptures are given by inspiration of God and it's profitable for what? Doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness. Why? That the man of God may be complete, thoroughly equipped for every good work. So you can be complete. Hadn't lost your mind. Hadn't lost your marbles. Hadn't gone insane. You hadn't had a nervous breakdown, a mental breakdown, mental collapse, that you didn't, you didn't fall apart. So how are you going to do that? I'm going to stay in this word. And I'm not going to allow, allow humanism to become what my mind is full of. Thank God for doctors. Thank God for scientists. Thank God for research people have, have uh, accomplished and things that they've learned and they've brought so many great discoveries to, into, into play here in the earth. But remember, Deke, if it's a discovery, that meant it was there. Who put it there? God! It's a discovery. Come on now. So what you discovered was God. So you and I can go right past all that to the very source and depend on him. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Did y'all receive that today? Why don't you put your hands together and give God a great big praise today. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Father, I pray today for these, your people that are gathered here. I pray that, Lord, every person who's been a part of this service, who's heard this message, those that are here, those that are watching online, that, God, not one today would 
allow offense or allow uh, doctors of demons or seducing spirits to trick them out of receiving what you've sent to us in the word of God today. Lord, what men have called truth, what men have called uh, science and knowledge, it, it comes against your truth. Your word is truth. Your word is the truth. And your word said that your truth endures to all generations. So what was true in Moses' time and Abraham's time and David's time and Paul's time and Joshua's time and John's time is still true in our time. God, you cannot lie. You don't change. You won't die. Your spirit will never depart from you. Father, you're always the same. So today we rest in the truth of your word. And that's how we stand. We stand upon your word today. And I pray, Father, anybody in this place who they have found themselves um, losing it, found themselves troubled in their minds because of man's ideas and just trying to keep up. Lord, I know how it is for me. I, sometimes I just try to keep up with what they said and they, they just kept changing. But Lord, you never change. So I pray that, Father, each person this day, today in this room would put it in their minds and just go after your word, knowing that, Father, your word will prevail. Hallelujah. Your word prevails. Your word prevails. Today, Lord, strengthen each person, each heart, each mind and spirit, each, each spirit, those who are right now in a battle with depression, in a battle for their sanity. God, many times we don't know when people come to church and they smile, they may laugh, they may stand, they may even sing, but we don't know what people are dealing with on their own. We pray for each person today in this room that God, you would give peace of mind to each person that they would think on things that are lovely and honest and true, things that are, that are of good report, things that are honest. For you said in your word, there be any virtue, there be any praise, that we are to think on these things. You said if we do that, that God, you the God of peace, would guard our hearts and minds through Jesus Christ our Lord. You give us your peace. So I speak that peace to every person in this room today, that God will, will flourish and abound and not lose our faith and not lose our joy. That's our prayer. That's our expectation. We believe we receive it now. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. 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 Put those hands together and give